Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, we're about to break new ground. So welcome, not only if you're a podcast listener, but also if you're one of our army of fans, I think that's fair to say, army of fans, <laughs> who are definitely going to be watching on Facebook Live right now. Hello. Hello. Do say hello? Hello. Yeah, you can see that we're in the dungeon and all the rest of it. So this is the first ever podcast to go out directly on Facebook Live. Is that exciting, Phil? It's very exciting. We did play around with Periscope for a little while. Oh, yeah. That was ages ap- ago. That was absolutely garbage. <laughs> absolutely garbage. Um, <clears throat> now, you'll notice that we are a man down today. Not the man we expected to be down, but we are a man down. <laughs> it's only you and I, so let's get our hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself all the game too seriously. I am going to be steering the ship. I am JB and somehow, somehow we are going to get through these troubled hungover, hungover waters. And to my left, or indeed right, is Phil. Wait, ha- how no, are you, Phil? I am to your left. Yes, but I'm confused because I'm looking at my screen. Ah, right, okay. So... To- but it is to your left, to it is. the viewer's right. Correct. I don't know. The answer is I don't <laughs> really know. And it's all it's all very pressurised today because I can see that we're actually doing it live. So we don't have uh, much much scope for uh, all the wrong things that we often do. Is this the most sensible podcast to do live? Is this the best one to test, given well, what we've been doing for the past three days? Well, I don't think we have a choice. I, I don't know if you know, Phil. I'm very impulsive by, by nature. <laughs> I've, so, I've figured it out. Uh, as soon as I get an idea, it's on. It's happening. Yeah. No matter whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. No. Now, let me just fill in the blanks for you. Tim is not here. Tim went to the Exeter game. And I think Tim reckons Exeter was, what, five minutes away from London? <laughs> I'm not sure he quite realised how long it would take him. Yeah. So last time we were in contact with Tim, he was at Stonehenge. His phone died... Or was about to die, and his uh, satnav told him he was still about three hours away from London. Yeah. So, so if some we... some bad traffic, not just distance, some horrendous traffic uh, that he got caught in. But it means that he can't be here, unfortunately. Yeah. So Tim might phone into the show as we go along. If not, we'll do a slightly shortened version of this podcast, and if we can get him online, maybe tomorrow or the day after, we might give that a go. But we're not entirely sure. But it's, it's difficult just purely because of the times that Tim works. So his show goes out 7pm till 11pm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we work during the day, so it makes it a little bit more difficult for us to actually get something out. Yes. Well, let's talk about another team that found, found stuff extremely diff- difficult today. Did you watch Ex- Exeter versus Saracens? It's uh, one of only two games that I've watched live this weekend. 
yes, I have. I have watched a remarkable, a remarkable amount of rugby, considering um, how long I've been, been been in the country for, and the quality <laughs> of my life in that few in that few hours. A very poor quality of life. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. Should we, yeah. Should we talk briefly about the elephant in the room before we go on to any of the rugby? Got exactly it. what we've been doing for the past three days. Yes. So we went to Madrid, which uh, so it was my stag do. We travelled over to Madrid to spend three days, not really in the sunshine. We were, <laughs> we were basically three days in dank, dark uh, sports bars, drinking pint after pint we literally of lager. Have, we literally should have gone to Coventry or somewhere like yeah. that. Sat <laughs> in an Irish bar and free poured spirits. And that would have been probably the same. And it would have cost a little bit less. Yeah, it would cost a lot less. So, yeah, that is why we're a bit ropey. Maybe I didn't explain that quite quite so much. Now, explain Sa- explain Saracen's exit to me, exit to me, please, Phil. Um, I thought it would be closer than it actually was, um, particularly given the Exeter at home. And this probably this is probably a very good example of just how far ahead Saracens are, because the scoreline finished what thirty thirty something twelve. Yeah. Um. Let me get the exact scoreline up. 34-13 it finished, in fact. Uh, And it was a bonus point win for Saracens. And uh, did it always look like it was going to be that? Probably not. It Mm. probably didn't always look like it. There was times when X had a huge amount of territory, huge amount of possession, particularly in that first, the second part of that first half. And... They kept on getting close, and Saracen's defence was resolute. And not only was it resolute, but they actually uh, used their defence as an attack and forced the turnovers. So every time in in that first half that Exeter got close to scoring a try, Saracen's would put the pressure on, put in a big hit, or turn them over at the breakdown, and end up relatively comfortably clearing their own line. Yeah. There's a few things that I I saw from this. First of all, I don't think that um, Henry Slade is going to be the answer at 10. I think it's it's tw- interesting. Twice, and that team does not have enough shape or direction when he's in charge. It's just, they go a bit wild. I, could, I can see that. So there's some parts of his game that I really like. I think his uh, attacking the game line and his flat passing is absolutely brilliant. Mm. I, I love that. But you're quite right that they don't seem to have the shape... But it's it's an interesting dilemma for Baxter because the only way that he can get that game control is by experience and, and actually playing. And he could, in time, become a considerably better fly half than Steenson. Yep. But right now, he's not as good a fly half as Steenson for controlling the game. But no. you can't get him that experience without actually doing it. How much of playing Devoto do you think is to relieve pressure from... Play, from playing Slade at 10 because I, I well, think that's one of the things they've done they've brought him in 10 slash 12 who plays at 13 30, yeah uh, in, in the same way that Slade yeah. did until this season uh, well that's the first thing so I think they lack some some direction with him second thing I do not think that Saracen's going to be overly happy with this performance is my impression okay because they to me seem started to look a bit weak now this is on the back of scoring four tries against the second best team in the country. Yeah, and all the rest of it. Okay, away go. from home, away from home in a place that not many other people will, will win. The reason I say this is when they played basically a power game, 
Yeah. The Saracens did start to defend it well. In fact, no, they did defend it well. But they were giving away a lot of penalties. They, 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 they were giving up ground, and eventually they broke. Now, the reason that's important is, I think, against the bigger French teams in Europe, this is going to be a serious problem. I think their way of defending is actually, is actually from what I could tell today, could be quite susceptible to big, heavy, strong teams. Well, we've seen them in the past few seasons. They've lost a couple of times to Toulon and lost lost also to Clermont. But last season, they seem to have kind of got over that and managed to, yeah, um, well, beat every everyone who came at them, including that enormous racing team, comfortably in the final. So it's it's interesting. I, I do kind of I get your point. Uh, particularly in the first half, they gave away a, an inordinate amount of penalties, and they took on more and more pressure. But they they bent, but they never quite broke in that first yes. half. And it was only right at the end. I'll say right at the end, 60-odd minutes into the game or 70 but minutes into the game that they actually conceded. You can start to see how this could be a different game if Saracens conceded a yellow card, because they should have conceded a yellow card. Well, they did concede a yellow card. Uh, how, what was that for? The trip. Yeah, sorry, uh, the trip. No, uh, for a team a team offence of continual infringement in, in the, fi- the five-yard. Five they could have done, yeah. They're, particularly in that first half, they did give, give away a lot of penalties. Yeah. I don't, the other thing I'd say as well is I'm not particularly keen about keeping stint, uh, a player like Steenson on the bench. And this isn't related to my other point, which is because uh, I think he's uh, a better fly half. He's just not really an impact player. I know exactly yeah. what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you basically can separate players out into you know starters and people come on come off the bench, give you massive impact. He doesn't really do that. He doesn't have the impact, but... <sighs> If you're in the lead and you want to close a game out for the last twenty or thirty minutes, he could do that. But being in that, you've got to be in that position yes. in order to to do that, which they weren't. Yeah, he isn't one to chase the game. No, no, not not really, not really. Slade is the kind of guy you want to bring on to chase the game. Uh, you mentioned the French teams before. We've had news emanating out of the ci- of the of the of the citadel that they call Toulon. Um, is Mike Ford going to take over at Toulon? What What is the latest? Uh, I don't quite know, because obviously they lost two out of three of their opening games. Mm-hmm. They've just this weekend travelled to... Toulouse. Toulouse. Did they win that? They won it, it by 20 points. Did they? They won it very comfortably. Well, the first 20 minutes I watched, and I didn't think that they looked like a winning team. Yeah. So they've obviously pulled it together. Um, I don't know, is the honest answer. It's a rumour. Now... Would would you think he'd be going there as a coach or as head coach? I don't really know. Because I can see him going. His previous role with England was as defence coach, wasn't it? Yeah. So I could see him going as a defence coach, but I'm not sure whether he could go and, and be head coach. But I don't think he would want to go if he wasn't head coach, hmm. if that makes sense. Well, it'd be difficult because... At the moment, you've got Diego Dominguez. And Diego Dominguez has got all his own stuff there. Yeah. So presumably, he would be... Um, presumably, he would be taking a... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> at the expense of, of Diego D- Dominguez's boys. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be some sort of undermining. Yeah. Now, he's a sing- he's just the single guy as well. So if you want to clear out your whole backroom staff and put him in, he's only going to have to find himself a so, load more coaches. Yes. It's a really unenviable, an unenviable position. It is it, uh, for 
it just doesn't seem like it fits. I don't, I don't quite, I don't quite like it. So we'll see where it goes. Well, uh, as someone's just pointed out on Facebook Live, we're getting uh, updates here. At least he can bring his uh, at least he can bring his PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> can he bring some Burgess? Across? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Some some Burgess to Toulon. Blockbuster signing. Do you think some Burgess <laughs> signing now would be even more impactful than the first time round? Uh, I don't know. I would not know what to make of some if some Burgess signed for Toulon. I would not. I would have no idea what's going on in the it world. It would be the single biggest thing that you, the th- thing that you could do. <laughs> the, pe- the people would go crazy. Yeah, and he wouldn't be English qualified. I- imagine that, because <laughs> he's not playing in England. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there is another bit of t- Toulon-ish news which we can link into. Gatlin's law has come into force this week. It has, and part of Gatlin's law, in case you're not familiar with it. Is a Gatlin does whatever he wants. <laughs> B within certain rules. Well, no, within the rules that Gatlin lays down. Uh, okay, go on. The other one is only three foreign players. Three wild card picks. Okay, so who would be your three wild card picks? Who's going to be missing out here? Because there's going to be a big name. Uh, assuming he's fit and he's out currently out for I think six to eight weeks. But Tolupe Falatau is in there. Has to be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, George North is in there. I don't think he is. Do you not think nope. so? You go for the doctor, and you go for halfpenny. Well, not necessarily. There's another guy you missed as well. Uh, Charteris. Charteris. Uh, Charteris is what thirty-three or so, but 30. phenomenally yeah. important. Yeah, but so you've got five people there, and that's ignoring uh, Priestland. But you, so you've got five people who are pr- would probably all be starters. Yes. So you, you're losing out on two. Two starters. Uh, well, I guess where I'd be looking here, and Henson, don't forget him. <laughs> Do you think he'll be starting? Oh, he's currently injured anyway. So yeah, uh, is that the, from the Marler shot? Uh, from yeah, the, from the Quinns game, he, he's he's out, isn't he? Hmm. So I'm going to say Halfpenny doesn't get in. Okay. Uh, although I think he will get in, but in my opinion, I, I wouldn't have him yeah. because we played for best part of twelve months without him, and it doesn't make a huge difference. Stan Bing is a well, world class kicker. Dan Bigger is a world class kicker, but it does mean you've got if you're playing Liam Williams at fifteen, you've got a slight weakness on one wing because they've tried with Tom James and they've tried with Cuthbert, yeah, and they've tried with Amos. And That's right. Well, if it, if George North isn't the third guy to get qualified. Potentially you have Amos on one wing and Cuthbert on the other. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'd much rather have Halfpenny, uh, Liam Williams and George North as my back. That's, that is a, a very good international back three. Yeah, it is. But I just don't think... I just think that the way Wales play, the work rate of Falatel, the work rate of Charles just gets them in. And how do you go about dropping a guy called a guy like Jamie, like Jamie Roberts? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, um, I, I can't see how you how you do it. He's so important culture, culturally. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a great guy to a great guy to have in a squad. All the rest of it. He's. I mean, he makes some ungodly amount of ta- got yeah. ungodly uh, um, amount of tackles. So uh, hmm, it, yeah. it, it's an it, it's an interesting one. The one I, I would I would probably drop uh, Charteris because I think they have got some good other options in in the second row. Like if you went for the Ospreys pair of Alan Wynne Jones and um, Bradley Davis, and you had uh, what's his name on the bench, the bearded uh, Jake Ball on the bench, Ooh. 
you're not you're not too bad. You don't lose as much from the drop off for those three charteris to those three mm-hmm. as you do from George North to Cuth- Cuthbert or Amos. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough decision. But you know what isn't a tough decision? Uh, no, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. Cornerstone raises. <laughs> uh, our friends at Cornerstone, go give them a visit. They are the provider of subs- of subscription raises. Uh, for as little as four pound a month, you can have raises delivered directly to your door. I. Uh, I I do it, although I nearly lost my cornerstone <laughs> this week in this weekend in Madrid. I was looking after it for you. Whew. So yes, th- thankfully my my uh, uh, my uh, my shaft was placed back in my hand after a very close close scare. Uh, and yeah, just go on to Cornerstone uh, forward slash egg chasers or egg ten at checkout. From as little as four pound a month, you can have razors delivered right to your door. Lo- lo- um, loads of listeners have done it so far. We suggest that you should too. And they're just great. We do it because it works. It's it's a very good, very good subscription service. Yes. So that's that. Uh, did you watch any of the Bristol game? Uh, I've seen the highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously wasn't watching it live because I don't believe it was on live. Um, yes. Uh, is there anything here that you, that, 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 that you want to visit? Um, not hugely. I think it kind of went as expected, didn't it? Um, Northampton, after uh, a bit of a shaky start last week, probably performed as we were expecting. Tries from George North, obviously, but pick em um, one of the PC boys, one of the three PC boys who were. Uh, I didn't realize in the game. that the other PC was the, the third brother. Yeah, yeah, the the oldest, the eldest brother. Who's going to win in a game of um, a game of rugby? The two Alangis or the PCs? <laughs> uh, right now, or when they're all in their prime? Let's say three PCs. So it's going to be three aside against any three two Alangis. Uh, so there are there's three playing in the Premiership at the moment, or is have they been I released? Think... Have they been released by Newcastle? The Tuolagi brothers. Yeah, but there are. Uh, there's another one. There's Brian Tuolagi. Yeah, now. there's more of them in, um, in in Leicester. Other. Yes, yeah, so Brian. You say. There's definitely one called <coughs> Brian Tuolagi. <coughs> oh, <coughs> you're gonna have to excuse me. I am dying. <laughs> um, uh, Tuolagi's in the Tuolagi's in their prime. Win, right now. Probably the pieces because you can't get money on uh, the pitch for more than one week, and the others uh, probably a little bit past it. Mm. The only thing I was going to mention about this Bristol game is I was expecting a little bit more of a rally for their first Home. game at, at Ashton Gate. Yes, and it, that clearly didn't cl- that clearly didn't happen. I also think when Henson does uh, doesn't play, he is so key and. I'm not just saying this to get laughs. It has always been like one of those funny things you say. Oh, um, you know, um, uh, Henson's class. He should be playing for Wales or the rest of it. He genuinely is really, really good. Uh, and when when he doesn't play, they miss everything from from his defensive work. And his hands are just so good. His hands and his kicking. Oh, in the in the double header for the 20 minutes that, it, that <laughs> he was on the field, he did look like he was he, he was one of the best players on the park. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. I know, I know you genuinely mean that, and I think a few people would see it as a joke. Uh, Shane Williams a couple of weeks ago in his column in the rugby paper actually basically replicated what you're saying. He said he would back Henson to get recalled to Wales. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so because he's in good shape. For everything that you hear from people who follow Bristol and watch him closely, say that he's actually a very good professional now. 
long long gone of the day. Well, actually, let's not say long gone of the day. So it only takes like <laughs> one bit, you know, one well, cut cut price budget flight abroad and yeah. a few too many beers, and it's all over. Yeah, but so he's the only thing I would say for playing for Wales. He's now thirty four. Yes, so he's unlikely to make the next World Cup in three years' time when he'd be thirty seven. There again, I mean, what is his game? It's not like a, it's, it's not like a high intensity speed game. You lose a yard, you're not going to be, quite, you know, um, you're not going to be quite as effective. It's all about hands, intel- in, in, intelligence, and skills. So but, presumably, he, he could continue, but it, potentially, how many, how many backs, how many centres have played in World Cups at the age of thirty-seven? In, in total, not not just uh, ones who's rely less on uh, on the, the pace just in total yeah. it can only be a handful on the other hand though uh, not many of them are called Gavin Henson that's true super, that's Ga- <laughs> super Gavin Henson <laughs> well I, I believe that no uh, centres have ever played in World Cup called Gavin Henson true true uh, Tim's Ch- not here if Tim was here right now he would be using one word over and over, over again and that word would be empathy. Empathy. Um, em, empathy uh, regarding... For, I can't say his name. Say his name for me. Farah Asilova. Farah Asilova? Red card. The red card. The Worcester back row, former Bath back row, yeah. who was red carded. So, I saw the tweet that Tim put out, and he wasn't happy about it. Yeah. I don't really think there's much of a case to argue here. Um, I, I, I'm okay with the red card. I would have potentially considered a yellow card as justice, but I don't have a huge problem with a red card. In all honesty, do you? No, I think it's I think it's probably right. I mean, you've got a player who's been uh, separated from his consciousness, uh, and what you've basically got is just a rugby league chicken wing. Yeah, it's so if if he'd have kept his arm into his body, mm-hmm. I think you've probably got a different conversation. But it's the fact that as he goes through, his elbow goes up and out. And it's that leading, like actually jabbing the elbow yeah. out that you just can't do that. I mean, you make you used to make a joke that Scott Cornell would wear an arm guard. And then the arm guard would almost be the sign that he's about to perpetrate some heinous crimes <laughs> by leading with the forearm. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's... I was thinking, thinking about this the other day. It's one of those things that kind of goes down in rugby folklore as something dangerous, but you don't see that much of. So leading with the forearm is, is one. Now, I don't know if you had this in school, but in school, everyone used to tell me it's really dangerous to tackle a player and drop them onto your knees. Drop them onto your... Oh, no, I've never, I've never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. never come Someone across that. Someone called it like a knee drop. I was like, ooh, that, that's terrifying. And then when I got into adult rugby, never, no one ever mentioned it ever again. <laughs> it's a, it's an awkward thing to do. And you're <laughs> equally likely to injure yourself, surely. Dropping a 16, 17 stone man onto your own legs. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound... It certainly doesn't sound very comfortable. Uh, now, there, was, there was another red card this weekend, which I think probably shouldn't have been a, a red card. For the in the Sale Quinns game for Lower Manu, the reserve. I think he came on in the second row, but he's a back row reserve yeah. back row. Um, for what was uh, a no arm tackle, it was given off. But from the angles I've seen, they were at best inconclusive. That I think that I saw no this. Arm. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly hard hit either. It was a good solid hit, but it wasn't. Yeah, 
it what the player was the player remained conscious for one thing. Yes. So, so that's normally a, a good sign. So yeah, I, yeah I, I just felt like that was if if you're going to complain about a single red card this weekend, that felt like um, a bigger miscarriage of justice. Yeah, I think if you've got a player who is not unconscious, clearly something has happened. Clearly, there's been some contact with the head somewhere, and if it can be proved to be an illegal contact, I think that's that's just it. That's the that, that's the end of it. Yeah. Away you the, go. Oh, the definite. The first thing that touched his head was the elbow. So that that is definitely an illegal act. Uh, so I'd, I'm okay with the red card. Uh, let's talk about the rugby in that game because I think the rugby in that game is far more interesting than the actual red card in that game. In fact, let's talk about both those games because I think they're both ve- uh, very important in their own ways. Gloucester. Yes, now, 20, 23 all. Yeah, one of the um, listeners on Facebook Live has just said he'd rather shave himself with a rusty cornerstone rather than watch uh, uh, rather than watch Gloucester play again. <laughs> love, love that. Uh, but, of course, he's wrong because cornerstones don't rust. They do not rust. Exactly right. Um, now, on the highlights, it looked like Gloucester were playing like the, like, like the, like the Harlem Globetrotters. It, it, it looked excellent, but the actual full, uh, the actual extended highlights and the full match do, do, does not bear this out. Yes, and it, it was only really late in the game that they got their act together, mm. uh, which is the op- opposite of last week's game. It was only in the last twenty minutes that they scored their tries. Excuse <coughs> me. Um, yeah, and also another weird thing about it. I mean, was um, Laidlaw injured towards the end? I don't know, but he slotted the conversion. The the conversion that. Drew them level. He just slotted that on the seventy-first minute, fr- right from the touchline. That was a hell of a kick. So I'm not. I'm not sure. So he was on the field, but he, was, he must have been playing out, out of position because Willie Hines was playing at nine. Right. Okay. Now, uh, oh, did Willie Hines not go onto the wing? No, uh, it looked like he's, he was playing scrum off to me. Right. Okay. So uh, what effectively you've got is your captain. He's just scrum half. Now scrum halves run more than any other player statistically. Yes. Not in terms of metres made with ball in hand. No, no. But... In terms they, they, of physical they, ground cover. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that you might want to you might want to, to replace one. Yeah. But I, if he's also your captain and your kicker, that puts you in a, a small bind. Yeah. And also, is Laidlaw a good enough rugby player? I mean, I know he used to play 10, but would you want to hide him at fullback? Would you want to put him on the wing? And is that really where you want your captain? Not really. It's, Not really. It, it, it's just a lack of leadership. He did get man of the match in the game, though. Uh, yeah, I just don't like. I don't like the use of him. Yeah, you know, kicker, captain, and not actually playing your start your starting position when leadership is needed at the end of the game. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Mm. Uh, and is it worth talking about Worcester? Well done, Worcester. Didn't quite lose. That's fine. <laughs> uh, sale. Yes. Now you're talking. Because <laughs> you said they were going to win, and they won. Yeah. Uh, massively happy with this. So uh, this was played in pretty bad conditions, wasn't it? Yep. And sales, rolling malls seem to be the feature. From the extended highlights that I've seen, the rolling malls seem to be the <laughs> the only real highlights. Uh, yeah, and the fact that... I mean, I think it's very impressive that they've got a young fly-off from the championship. That is impressive, yeah. And he slotted straight in. Uh, he's got five out of five kicks. Yeah. I mean, you know, if he was on song, we could be looking at Sale as an uh, uh, as an unbeaten team from last uh, uh, from last week. Yeah. Uh, 
it's just a very astute, very good signing. And I think this team are going to get... I think they're going to be formidable. Uh, just, give them, just give them a few more weeks, though. A few okay. more weeks. Okay, okay. And Quinn's anything we can take from this? Uh, Apart from that Chris Robshaw scored his first try for two and a half years in the Premiership. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't score many tries. Well, all I'm going to say about Quinn's is... It does worry me they've got a whole contingent of players available to them. So... I think Quinn's very good at good on their day. Yeah. And then when they lose players, their squad depth isn't as strong as it should be. Yes, they've brought all the lads through from the academy and they're a very English team and they're doing all yeah. the right things and so on and so forth. But they need those frontline players in to be effective. Yeah. And they've got the frontline players in. Mike Brown's got a virus, apparently, but everyone else is available. Yeah. And they don't look any good. Yeah. Now, I think... I think we've seen Quinns twice in pretty poor conditions, which doesn't particularly suit their style. And they've gone to, they've like reverted to a kind of kick and chase uh, forward orientated game because of the conditions. And that doesn't really suit the way they play. Now that's great to say, but we're only in September and the conditions are going to get a lot worse throughout the season. So maybe that is a bit ominous for them. Yeah, uh, come the international call-up. Mind you, that's if they get any international call-ups. I mean, you'd assume that Rubshaw goes. You'd think so, yeah. Uh, but Mahler's not guaranteed to make the England, the England squad. No, he's definitely not guaranteed to make the, the starting squad. Uh, I, w- I would have thought Chis- Chisholm. Uh, not Chisholm. Chisholm? The fullback? <laughs> no, not, not Chisholm. Brown? Clifford. Clifford. Oh, Clifford, yeah. Yeah, Brown, Brown probably will do. Uh, Visser probably will do for Scotland. Yes, that is true. Visser will. Yard. Yard will go. Yard, he might he might not make the, the match day 23, though. Yeah, so it's not actually as conclusive as you think. He might not make the match day 23, particularly uh, given the way that Rocco Daguni played. Uh, who are the three lads who are on similar contracts? It's Mauler. Uh, it was... Mauler, Brown and Kerr. Kerr, yeah. And then Rob Shaw was on slightly more, wasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Kerr... Is it, basically, what I'm saying is, when they're at full strength, these guys need to be a lot better. Because if yes. they're not good now, they're going to really struggle when it comes when it comes to internationals. Yeah. Really struggle. And also, you do wonder... Uh, Nick Evans, 35, great player, still a great player. How much longer can you keep... Can he keep being an incredible player? Hear me now, believe me later. James Lang or, um, <laughs> of RGC... Uh, I was going to say vintage, but that isn't it isn't quite the right word of RGC heritage. Yes, is there, uh, is there now? When you when you see him, when you watch him, you're going to be impressed. So is he? He's not made the matchday squad yet, has he? Not yet, not yet. But uh, yeah, he's um, he's going to be extremely exciting when he eventually get when he eventually get 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 uh, gets his shots. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Now, there's a lot of chat about Leicester play, uh, changing the way the way that they play and the way that Leicester now love um, games with high points. Sadly, it doesn't seem that Leicester likes scoring the high points, <laughs> only conceding them. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Like, there is an argument to be... Not an argument. There will be people out there saying, is this revolutionary new way of playing really going to suit us because they their 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 defensive statistics are horrific <laughs> absolutely absolutely um absolutely horrific money too long last week missed uh, uh, how many tackles he missed six tackles on his own just let that sink in an inside center has missed uh, yeah. six tackles 
That's crazy. They've also got the lowest tackle completion in the entire league. So, I think if you're a tiger, if you're one of the Tigers faithful now, you'll be looking in from the outside and thinking, this this simply isn't working. They they nearly shipped. Well, they, they nearly lost lost the game to Gloucester. I mean, they couldn't have run it any uh, any more any more closely. And as for this Wasps game, I think they were re- they were really really shown up. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were outplayed out and outmuscled uh, um, right across the board. Who is Adam Moore? I don't know why. People keep on telling me Adam Moore is, si- is, is signing for signing for Bath. Adam Moore. Moore. No. No. Mean, 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 mean nothing to you? Adam Moore? Mm-hmm. N- no idea. Sorry. Fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the pro- I think the problem Leicester have is I've gone down the road with... Um, with Aaron Major, I don't think that they, that they can come back, and they would be wrong to come back. I think their attack is is actually okay, but the overall impression you get is this new expansive rugby and making the pitch wider at Welford Road and the rest of it is also responsible for all of this um, high points conceded, because there's no way they can they can go through through this season shipping thirty odd points to teams like Gloucester. No point. No. No way. Or th- 34 points at home against Wasps. That's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, last time they were beaten by Wasps was 2002 at home. I thought it was 2008. Oh, sorry, 2008. There yeah. You go. Uh, so, it's just... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a very difficult place place that um, uh, uh, that, uh, that they find themselves find themselves in. Wasps, on, on the other hand, uh, I'm very impressed, very impressed with the use of Gopeth and, and, and Cipriani. I am. Gopeth has been possibly the best player for the past two weeks. Uh, best Go- overall player. It's incredible. Yeah. He's not played inside centre since uh, he played provincial rugby <laughs> uh, before coming to Newcastle. Yeah. And they put him there. And it, Do you know what it feels like to me? It feels like they've given him just a load of... It feels like he's got freedom just to be a good, a good rugby player. Yeah. Because, I mean... Last week he popped up on the wing, scoring a try. Went round. Uh, who did he go round? Oh, Woodburn. Yes. Went went round an actual genuine winger, a, a uh, real life winger. And this week uh, he, he he popped up at the back of a mall to finish off a try. 
yeah. the back of a driving mall. He's actually quite tenacious. Uh, you, yeah, you don't really see that in him. You think of him well, as more of like a boring player who kick, where he, you like kick sticks. Well, his turnover where he, he stole the ball, broke down the left hand wing, and then kicked inside for Christian Wade to finish off was brilliant. Was well, it? I've also got a small thing, a small thing for him. What's that? Uh, I don't know. You're the bird, man. That is the sound of a vulture. Okay. Uh, Gopeth is this week's Vulture Award winner for stealing tries off forwards. <laughs> well, Marlon Yard did it last week. We've seen it quite a lot more at the well, moment. Well, it's, it's because the, because of passing the ball back. Yeah. So they kind of see it and their eyes light up. Like, right, I'm in, I'm in. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get on this. Yeah. Um, Johnny Leota... He almost got the try. It was actually Seymour who scored, but he was he carried the ball over line at least once. He was constantly <laughs> yeah. he was trying to steal it off off uh, Seymour when Seymour scored. I mean, at what point are we going to see like uh, teammates fall out, elbow stop yeah. flying, <laughs> double red cards, and, and try disallowed? <laughs> yes. So I, I think I'm gonna. I, I wasn't sure Tim was on something here, but I'm gonna have a good close look at this. And every week I might hand out. The Vulture Award. The Vulture, yeah, Vulture. So, Marlon Yard first week, definitely. There was no reason he needed to be in the back of that driving mall. No reason. And Gopeth this week. Who did it? Oh, it wasn't quite the same. But Genge got on the back of the driving mall and got very got very excited last week and ran into touch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he tried to finish, we thought he was a winger and tried to dance down the touchline and just bumbled out into touch. Oh, and he got carded. He did. This he, week, too. He did get carded. Um... Again, no no intent, but he he clattered into who was it? Uh, is Gaskell wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. When and Gaskell was well in the air, Gaskell fell awkwardly. So it was probably the right decision. Uh, the let the boys play award goes to Gaskell for getting straight back up. Yeah, didn't didn't mince around, didn't hold didn't hold uh, hold his head or his knee, just bounced straight back up. Did you see? Speaking about the uh, letting the boys play and refereeing. Did you see the incident in the first half of Saracens Exeter? I knew we had something else to talk about. Yes. Where so there was a turnover in the middle of the park that Saracens affected, ball on the floor, a turnover, and all of the Saracens lads ran in and were like whooping and high fiving directly on top of the Exeter place, so like barging in, but also whooping and high fiving. And uh, is it JP Doyle was refing that, mm. and he said. To, to Brad Barrett I do not want to see that again it's unsporting and I'll be reversing the penalty if that happens again um, ok alright so what would Tim say now empathy uh, I'm not sure in this instance uh, here's here's what I think right defence is largely about attitude so like when Stuart Lancaster was in charge of England his uh, um, his one of his defensive principles was it's all about attitude, and the apparently the, the mindset was go get them. So okay. you'd you'd hear all the England lads step up and go go get them, go get them, go you know, and 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 that's the thing. It's more about attitude and teamwork than and than anything else. It takes very little skill to defend well to make your tackles. Yeah, it just yeah. takes a lot of heart. So when you're g'ing up your team, and when you want to get that you know that kind of pack mentality. I think you need this, and if if that's the way that you play, and you get really excited for D, and you want to make your tackles and you work hard and all the rest of it, well, that that is that's for that team. I mean, if anything, 
you know, showing support for your mates who have just worked bloody hard to turn it over. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see what JP Doyle's whinging about. I, I agree with the sentiment. The way that they, they were doing it was deliberately inflammatory and trying to kind of wind Exeter up. It wasn't... And I, I'm also... Celebrating is a NFL, a football thing. You should... I, I like the simple celebrations and not every action deserves a whoop and a high five and a shouting in someone's face. I don't think the defence in this well, instance cue, does. Cue outrage. Um, the NFL celebration rules, I believe, have got a little bit of tint of racism in them. <laughs> okay. Genuinely. So... Uh, there is a college team called Miami Hurricanes. There still is a team called Mi- um, uh, Miami Hurricanes. They were incredibly good. They were, uh, how, can, how can I say, they were very naughty individuals too. They had some rather rum, ca- um, rum characters pl- uh, 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 playing for them at the time. But every time that they would score, they would do various celebrations. A middle-class America just went absolutely nuts. So there's a handbook out there of all these dance moves that they would do. And which you know, and pretty much every one of them is banned, and that has gone up through uh, American football now. So the fact that you literally cannot celebrate anything, the fact if you are if you go to Lambeau Field right and you score a touchdown, you, if you play for if you play for Green Bay, you, you're allowed to jump jump in in the crowd. Yeah. If you don't play for Green Bay, you will get a penalty. Because it's been grandfathered in. Wow, that, that's how serious it is. You can't use props. So a few years ago, a new I, you shouldn't be able to use props. Well, I, I quite like it. So like, a, <laughs> like a couple of years ago, a uh, who was it? Someone from New Orleans Saints got a, a got a, a, got a little bow around Christmas time. Scored a touchdown. Put his bow on the ball on the ball and gave <laughs> and gave and gave it to someone in the crowd. Fine. In fact, I think he actually got fined. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with him getting fined for that. Yeah, well, anyway, so bring it back around to rugby, I don't think the officials should be... I mean, no, I don't think the officials should be getting involved because it isn't... I don't think it is deliberately, deliberately inflammatory. Oh. It's obviously a team... Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> okay, okay. The other side of that, I'll make JP Doyle's argument for him, is there was a player on the floor. Yeah. Now, when he's a player on the floor... um. I wasn't sure if the player was injured or, you know, what. I suppose the way around this is Saracen's boys help the player up nice and sportingly and then high-five him. And then high-five and whoop and holler and get the bow and the props. Yeah. Okay. That's basically what I think. <laughs> Do you disagree? Uh, I, I'm i all for patting your mates on the back, particularly defensive effort I think is brilliant. It's the whooping and the it's the charging in as well. The charging in when there's people not just from a safety issue from the people on the floor, but the charging in and whooping and hollering. I think it's just unnecessary. Well, you can link this, if you want, into scrummaging and backs um, complimenting forwards for winning scrums. Yeah. Which some people, for some reason, hate. And I actually really like. Because it's a, it's a massive you know, turn in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I can see the congratulation, but there's a, a better way of doing it than the whooping and the hollering and the high fives. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, and our, there's nothing wrong with a good arse tap. Oh, well, that's what they should do, a, a cock, well, or a well, cock tap. What has happened to the cock tap this, uh, this year? X haven't scored too many tries. Oh, yeah, well, there was no <laughs> cock tapping today, I uh, just, guess. Just the one, just the one for uh, LCD, MHD. Who's that? Mullet-Hyphen Dickey. Of course. Who doesn't have a mullet now. I <laughs> know. I think at this point it's probably wise if we mention the Pro 12. We can do. 
That's think, a good idea. Are things changing in the Pro 12 film? Um, in what way? <laughs> well, the Welsh team seems to be quite good. Uh, s- some do, some don't. I, th- I think is fair to say. So Scarlets, uh, who we thought might be stronger than last year, uh, still haven't won a game. But Cardiff went away to Munster, uh, and that's a hell of a result. Yeah, now they've got a young lad, Ellis Jenkins, who everybody loves. He's playing seven and pushing some more. Well, doesn't always play seven. Most of the time he plays seven, pushing some more, um, pushes some some Warburton Warburton to six. They've got that plastic pitch. Yeah. It does feel like things might be on the turn for particularly Cardiff and particularly Ospreys. I mean, there again, I say on the turn, they had one bad year last year. They when won... when they lost all of their international players yeah, and for they, half the year. Yeah, and they have won the competition God knows God knows how uh, how many times. I think they're the second most successful team in the in, entire entire history of the competition. So, We did have a tweet shared with us that was saying... Um, it's unfair of the Pro 12 organisers to schedule Connacht v Ospreys when uh, Ospreys don't have half their players missing in the Wales squad. I, do, I have to ask questions about Connacht now. Two weeks in a row. Big losses. At both at home as yeah. well. Both at home. Uh, it doesn't look good. No. And we were debating how big the, the three uh, losses would be for the squad. Mm. Uh, McGinty, Henshaw, Muldowney. It does appear like they're um, they've taken something out of that team, doesn't it? Y- yes, Hens- oh, sorry, Hen- Henshaw, Henshaw, McGinty, McGinty Muldowney. Yeah. Well, the other rumor I heard a while ago is that uh, Bendiaki had been approached by New Zealand to come to come home. R- really? Mm. And he was thinking very carefully about it. And I don't think that. The first two games of this season have really filled in with much hope. Um, no, no, not. Yeah, he I, might. He might be thinking, "Have I made the right decision?" Yeah, I'd love to speak to an actual Connacht fan. Uh, I would love to speak to an actual Connacht fan about all this and see what their their view is, because it could be from us outsiders a little bit. Just you know, we've had two two but two bad results, and now we're rushing to conclusions. Yeah, because this is all part of what they they say is their bigger plan. I think they've got stadium redevelopment um, ideas. I've got more, as they call indigenous players. I think they mean Irish players. I think that's a very <laughs> peculiar uh, phrase to use. In uh, so, but it's also probably worth remembering that they have played. The two teams who are currently top of the league, Ospreys and Glasgow, who are two excellent teams. There's not many teams that will beat either of those two. Mm. I well, mean, Glasgow beat Leinster yeah. um, at the weekend as well. So, how did uh, your beloved Ulster do? Travelled to uh, travelled to Treviso, Benetton Treviso, and won twenty two eleven against a spirited Treviso team. Unfortunately, didn't pick up the four try bonus point. Which is very disappointing. Twenty-two eleven, twenty-two eleven. Huh. Uh, and the I, I'm sure that it was actually quite a close game involving the other Irish team. Uh, yeah, Zebra lost by five points to the Dragons, so eleven six. Um, I wonder if they'd be better off splitting that league in half. You know, do you like halfway through the season? <laughs> this, that's almost a bit un- insulting to the uh, well, they do the low in, half, but they do it in Scottish football. Do they? Yeah, they do it in lo- some of the leagues in the RFU pyramid. Yeah, in some of like the second team leagues where you have huge disparity. 
But this is exactly what you have in the Pro 12. There is some disparity in the Pro 12. I mean, if you've got the six best Pro 12 teams, right, and uh, you know, half the year you said, right, we're going to f- concentrate this in, in the top half, uh, half of the table, I think you'd get some magnificent games. Oh, the, the top teams you get some, some excellent games. Like, ha- like Glasgow... Glasgow hosting Leinster this week was thirty three twenty five to Glasgow. Yeah, uh, I've not seen much of the game. I've seen Tommy Seymour's try, which was absolutely superb, breaking through the middle and then the the gas to get away from everyone. Um, okay, so let me let me just explore my my thought a little bit further here because I, I quite like what I'm saying. So unsurprisingly, <laughs> that, you do surprise me, Jay. Yeah, unsurprisingly, I, I really like, like like this idea. So you got the top six teams in the in, in the Pro Twelve, not only. Would they be better matches? You'd also have more of the derbies, presumably, because it would be Munster, Leinster would probably be up there. Munster, Leinster, Ulster, Glasgow, Ospreys. Well, last year would have been Connacht, but on this form, you'd say no, maybe Cardiff. What a tremendous idea! I wonder if I've just fixed the Pro Twelve by accident. Now the Pro to play devil's advocate, and I know you won't hear anything bad about your idea because it's your idea. Exactly. Um, are you not just creating even more disparity between the top and the bottom and the teams at the bottom are just going to get worse and worse and worse and the teams at the top are going to get stronger and stronger? And well, no, because it's a it's a non-relegation type scenario. So I don't think they're just going to, these teams are just going to get continually... Uh, will get continually worse. And also, it gives everyone a target to aim for for mid-season. Makes mid season very exciting. It does make mid season more exciting, but you're gonna get the best players going to a smaller concentration of teams. Uh, well there's only so many players to go around then anyway. Some of them are gonna need jobs uh, uh lower down, so it should be alright. Okay. It should be alright. And they do it in Scottish football and that's a great competition. Yes. No that's that's uh, No wait. The other one. <laughs> okay. Uh tell me about the Pro Twelve fixtures this week, please. Okay. Um, coming up. Do you know who Ulster uh, have got? Uh, by the way, Tok H's first win. The Tok H, in case anyone's wondering, is the club that I play for. First competitive win in the league th- th- uh, this weekend. Excellent. Um, so, Pro 12. Fire away. Friday night, Cardiff hosts Glasgow. Oh, good. Which should, Ooh, which should be that's going to be a really good game. That'll be a good test. It'll be a good test of both teams, actually. Glasgow well, travelling. Yeah. And Glasgow will like that plastic pitch. Um, and Cardiff, a, a real test for them. I mean, if, if they've gone away to Munster, not many teams will go away to Munster and win, which they've just done. Yeah. So that's quite a tasty fixture. You've then got Ulster hosting Scarlets. Scarlets who are slightly underperforming. Uh, Ulster looking to continue the unbeaten run. Yeah. Um, if Ulster to catch fire, I mean that could just be like the battle of the backs. Yes, yeah, that should be quite exciting. Yeah, um, and then Edinburgh host Leinster, which again is, is doesn't seem like too bad a game. I think Edinburgh um, they're qu- they're quietly competent. Edinburgh, yeah. which is damning with faint praise. <laughs> Are they the Pro 12's version of Gloucester? They're, near, they're nearly good. Yeah, they're, they're probably the closest thing. The closest thing and. Maybe in a couple of seasons' time, they might actually start to uh, to do something. Yeah. Then, on Saturday, and this is going to be very interesting, Connor travel away to Zebra. Yes. Connor have to get a bonus point win. 
Yeah. That nothing nothing else is acceptable. But yeah, yeah. Ze- Zebra have only had two narrow losses so far, so I don't think that'll be as straightforward uh, as you might think. Um, the last couple of games? Uh, then we've got Dragon's Host Monster mm-hmm. and Osprey's Host Treviso. So oh. Os- Osprey's will get a bonus point win, and you'd imagine Munster will travel to Dragons and, and take the take four points. You would assume that. Um, yes, I th- I think I, I think that's a fairly a fairly safe assumption. Okay. And um, um, Premiership. One second. So in Premiership again, we've got our stat back competition continuing. Oh, uh, did you win lots of money off people that? Um, I've decided to play you. <laughs> uh, I've still not won any money. Uh, I didn't actually enter this week because uh, the teams were announced on Friday afternoon and I was uh, not in... Well, I wasn't the best version of myself Friday afternoon and evening. Yes. I'd, I'd had a beer or two, so I, I didn't actually enter this week. I got uh, After a few drinks, I did some fantasy rugby trading and it, ne- it nearly <laughs> ended up very... <laughs> That's a dangerous game to be I had played. a written contract, okay, because this is the only thing. I had a written contract with Bryn Williams that I would tra- I'd lend him Cipriani so he could beat Tim this, <laughs> Tim this week uh, for an outside back. And the way we did it is, is I told him the outside back that I needed him to sign. He would sign it, put, put that outside back on, it, on his roster, trade with me, okay? Um, <laughs> I don't like the sound of this deal. Yeah. Uh, what he did is he signed the outside back, liked the look of him, kept him, and tried to uh, fob me off with Pablo Sacchino for Danny Cipriani, with no intention of giving me Cipriani back. <laughs> that is a dangerous game. Yeah, so it won't be happening again. Well, in our other little competition, so statbacker.com, uh, we had meters made last week. The official final tally will be on Monday or Tuesday. Um but this week, we've got defenders beaten. Um, and I can tell you that the top five players who've beaten most defenders, can you guess any of them so far? Top five players that have beaten most defenders? Yeah. Rocco Dagooni. Is second with 11 from two games. Uh, okay. Okay, so it's got a few songs played twice. Someone from Wasps. Uh, there is someone from Wasps in the top five. Not the guy you're thinking of, though. Jimmy Gopeth. Nope. Uh, don't know. Guy Thompson. Oh, oh, we've not spoke about that. Actually, we have. Basically, more woeful defending by, by Layla. Uh, Layla. <laughs> <laughs> Lester. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, that was woeful defending, but the f- dropping Nathan Hughes to the bench. Uh, and starting Guy Thompson, who was absolutely superb, scored one try, made a huge number number of carries. Um, I tell you what, was terrible. So he's, he's third top in terms of number of defenders beaten. That's so amazing. Far. It really is. I tell you what was amazing about that game is that the amount of quality the Wasps didn't play. East, uh, I mean, the injured guys, Eastman and Kurt Kurt Deal, Deal. Everyone, everyone knows about. Okay, yeah, uh, Larue. Uh, is he? He's not, not joined up the, with the squad not yet. Even, not even there yet. Yeah. On the bench, Ash, Ashley Johnson, who was a guaranteed starter for them only a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, you had no Matt Mullin. You had no. Yeah. Um, Nathan Hughes had no James Haskell. Dan Robson start uh, didn't start. Yeah. Joe Sim- obviously, Joe Simpson. Dan Robson is one A one B. Yeah, it, it is. 
I mean, we were looking at the squad and thinking they might be a little bit lightweight up front, but they're looking good. Yeah, very much so. Um, why, why were we talking about that? Oh, yeah, stop back. Yeah, so yeah. who are the other defenders beating or whatever you were so, saying? Sonotti Sonotti is top. Rocket Aguni, Guy Thompson, then Tim's favourite, Joe Marchant, outside centre, he's beaten eight, and Freddie Burns has beaten seven. Uh, there's a few on seven, actually. Freddie yeah. Burns, Billy Vanapola, Tom Marshall, and Sean Maitland. Oh, excellent. Okay. So, the fixture, the premiership... Maitland is, is on that list. He is? How is Maitland on that list? I've watched him play intently, <laughs> and he's an expert at not being where the ball is. Yes, he scored yeah. two tries today. That's all he did. You but know? yeah, yeah. He, he said himself that he called them two lollipop tries. He just flopped over the line, basically. Yeah, he's very, very good at not... He, he's very good at not being uh, not being Chris Ashton. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he tops tops that list or doesn't quite top it, but he's up there. Yeah. So the games this weekend, Friday night Friday night game, Sale Sharks host Gloucester. So, uh, oh, you'll need a bigger pack. Uh, <laughs> a rerun of the that on- game. The only game that they lost at home <sighs> last year. This is interesting, right? Gloucester will go there knowing they can win. Yeah. Sale will want to really get get uh, get one back for last time. Yeah, but I think and Gloucester will Gloucester will be. Yeah, I think Gloucester will be a handful here because they have been a handful. I mean, that's the other thing. You look at them against Leicester; they they were a handful. Yeah, Matt Matt Scott scoring for fun. Yeah, three tries in two games. But do Sale just squeeze them out like they ought? Hmm. Give me Sale, but not by much. Yeah. I think conditions will be important in this as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, if, I think if it is uh, a nice day, I think Gloucester have a better chance. I think if it's wet and windy, as Manchester frequently is. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you I know think what sale... someone said today? Uh, they, were being, they were being interviewed. I think it was, was it Jack Noel, maybe. It was Jack Noel talking before the game. I, I don't think he meant it to sound disrespectful, but it certainly felt disrespectful, <laughs> which was... Why sale successful? Well, they play late late at night and it's windy and rainy. I mean, yeah. It wasn't like they train really hard. Or they've got, they've got good... talented, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, great coaching setup, really talented players, experience all over the park. No, they play in miserable conditions. Everyone hates going there. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, that was that. Then. So yeah. So so, so I'm I'm saying sale. Yeah. Okay. Sale narrowly. Uh, on Saturday. We have got Bath hosting Worcester, which I think could be a pretty high-scoring game uh, in Bath's favour. Yep. Then Exeter hosts Harlequins. Yep. Exeter looking to get their first victory of the season. Uh, you know, Exeter lost today, and the score looks like they lost badly, but they actually put in quite a muscular performance. I think Exeter will give Harlequins a bit of a hiding, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really think that. I think Exeter will win. Uh, I seem to remember this... By the way, how many Australians do Exeter have? It feels like they're yeah. flooded with Australians. They've got quite a few. Uh, uh, like it was, there's Turner, there's Dennis, there's Lees, yeah. there's Salvi. Salvi, Greg Holmes. Greg Holmes. Uh, probably a couple of others. Mm. They, they let one go, though, who's now at sale. A lot of Australians. Uh, who? Been playing fullback for sale for the past two weeks. Mag- Baron McGuigan. Baron McGuigan. I thought he was Irish. No. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Exeter to win this. Exeter, I think Exeter will win. Although, I am hoping for good conditions, which we should get uh, down there, just so I can see what Harlequins can actually do. 
yeah and see the way that they the way that I think they want to play rugby if it's good conditions and Harlequins don't perform then I think we've got to start asking a few questions oh a big time I, yeah I was thinking about this today they've got rid of Conor O'Shea yeah because I don't know maybe maybe there's an element there of maybe this has run, this has run its course do you not think it was Conor O'Shea wanted a new challenge or a different challenge okay well if that was the case, I'm not saying it isn't the case. I'm, I'm sure he does want a new challenge. He's done a really good job there, yeah. And he's been there for quite some quite, quite some time. But if the players really, really loved him and they wanted him to stay and they just wanted the continuity of the old regime, do you think they'd have got hammered like his last ever game for for <laughs> that, That's that's a good point. And they did get absolutely battered. Yeah. Um, you know, if you listen to my rugby dungeon episode with Joe Marler, he describes their. Um, their defence in not very flattering terms. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few more things in there which just makes you think, hmm, maybe, yeah, maybe they weren't all as invested in this as, as we originally thought. Yeah. So this slow revolution of bringing Kingston in and then you've got basically got a player who has retired and become a defence coach and they're not defending particularly well. I'm yeah. Not, I just wonder if uh, that could be the, that could be the first place where we see a, a managerial ca- um, casualty. Yeah. I think you, that's definitely a possibility. Definitely. Then, uh, yeah, let's say that this is the biggest game of the weekend. 3pm on Saturday. Saracens host Northampton. Hmm. Do you know I mentioned that, Nor- that Saracens might struggle with a very muscular team? Well, they're, they're going to come <laughs> up with a very muscular team. Yeah. I don't think you can get... Okay, so let's just revisit some, uh, that thought. When Exeter started getting back in the game... I say start getting back in the game. It doesn't feel like that on the on the score sheet. But there was there was a point where they kick, kick where they kicked a few pens, and they looked the right and they kept the ball in hand. They basically starved Saracens of any ball. If if Northampton can do that and be and be very direct, and I have no doubt Northampton can be direct because that's what they do. Yeah, this one could be close. I don't think they will beat Saracens because Saracens are a winning team, and that's what winning teams do at home, especially. Yeah. But I think they've got uh, they've got the tools to do it. Now, what do you think? So we we spoke earlier about the Slade Steenson scenario, yeah. and uh, Baxter's currently sticking with it. We've got a very similar scenario at Northampton, where you had Malinder started the first game, and uh, they didn't play as expected, and Myler got dropped straight in to the second game, and they played exactly as expected. So do you think from that that Myler is the way to go for now for Northampton and you'll see Myler starting with either Malinder in the centre or as an impact sub? Uh, yes, I, I would start with Myler. I would definitely... I mean, look, with Myler, uh, I think Myler's taken to a European Cup final. Uh, he's he's won the Premiership with them. Now, he's a good, solid starter. Yes, I don't think you should. You know, just because you know your son plays, it, you shouldn't really <laughs> drop him. <laughs> I guess that is the difference, isn't it? The son. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> uh, I I think they they should go for Myla. Um, I, I we've spoken about it at length a few times, but I do think that Malinder long term will be an inside centre rather than I think everyone, rather than a ten. Everyone yeah. thinks that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you shouldn't be trying to shoehorn him into that position. Who do Tigers have? Um, so we're both going for Saracens win yep. at home. Then on the Sunday, 
Leicester travel up to Newcastle. This is going to be a try fest. Yes, yeah, and I think mostly for Leicester. Yes, having seen Newcastle against Bath, um, I know it's it's tough travelling down to Bath and Bath uh, are defying our expectations this this year, um, but I yeah. think I think the Newcastle against the the bigger stronger teams. Are Do we are know not, why Vianu didn't play yesterday? Uh, no, he must be injured. I, I'd assume so. Yeah. yeah, and one game in, why do you rest? Oh yeah, of course, because he went off in the Gloucester game. Yeah, yeah. So he must be injured after looking amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and that's the last game. That's the last game of 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 the weekend. Well, there's also Wasps Bristol at the Rico. Oh wow! Which will be, in my mind, I think Wasps by twenty points. I'd say so. I'd say so. Oof. That's uh, that's quite that's quite a lot of rugby, and we're still not discussing internationals. But let's not do that, okay? Because I've got suspicion that we'll probably get another podcast out sometime in the week with Tim on, because you all need your fill of Tim, uh, and we'll save that for him to discuss when we get hold of him. Yes, because there is there's the uh, rugby championship which we which we watched, or certainly the first game I watched when I was dying in my hotel bed on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's, I think there's fixtures this week as well. There's only one thing that I'll mention about... There are fixtures this week. There, well, there's only one thing I'll mention about the rugby championship. Go on. It's, it's, it's South African. I've never seen it before, but I want, I want, to, see, I want to see more, uh, more of it. It was Hugard. He dived for a try without the ball. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, what a manoeuvre. Who, who scored it? Uh, Goosen, was it? Yeah, it was Goosen. Yeah. And they he, they both slid in at the same time. I loved it. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, I did. It reminded me like kind of, it's like having a fighter escort. Yeah. <laughs> go on, lads. Over we go. <laughs> um, did you also see Etzebeth have his shirt ripped off his back? I did not. I only saw that. I only saw hi- uh, highlights of that game. We can see some more of that. Yes. Uh, excellent. Right then, Phil. Shall we uh, wrap this up? I need to go to bed. Yeah, I need bed too, and it's. What is the time? Is it ten o'clock? It's five past ten on Sunday evening, and I've got to to upload this podcast next. Uh, Just a reminder: one of our other, uh, another uh, one of our sponsors. If you're so inclined to drink stuff like Salty Kiss, like you are, Phil, um, (laughs) or if you're a bit more of a normal beer uh, beer drinker like me, you can sign up to Beer Fifty Two subscription beer direct direct to your door. They source all of the best beer from around the country. And they send it you in crates. It's magnificent. I've actually just got my, I've just got my new crate. I can guarantee you it contains zero salty kiss. <laughs> zero. Uh, Rugby twenty is the code. Go, uh, go on there, sign up. You will not be disappointed. I certainly wasn't. In fact, I'm gonna have a craft ale tonight. Are you gonna have one tonight? I am. You psychopath. I am. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near. A craft ale for at least a few days. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, so thank you all, thank you all for listening. Find us uh, at Ruby Podcast. Me at Jay Beardmore. Co- Tim is at Cocker. And if you are kind enough, we you we often ask you to leave uh, leave us a hashtag. Why don't you leave us a iTunes review? Yeah, perfect. Oh, no, a, a good iTunes review. Good iTunes review. Yeah, yeah, not a bad one. Uh, so until uh, until next week, or until later on in the week when you might hear Tim. Uh, see you later. Thanks, JB. Bye, Phil. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 